0: be here today with all of you. And I'm being joined by Misty Jasper, and Hope Ann. Before we get started, though, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my friend Rooster, who was killed in action in 2007, and all of those who gave their lives. Thank you. And after that, let's talk about who each of these people is. So let's start with um, Hope Ann. Who are you?
1: I am Hope Ann Dick from A Better Way, and I'm a child abuse prevention educator and advocate. And I was featured as one of the experts on Sins of the Amish.
0: Thank you, Hope Ann. What about you, Jasper? Who are you?
2: I ask myself that every day. Today, my name is Jasper Hoffman. I'm the founder and producer of the Plain People's Podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of former Amish and Mennonite survivors. Um, yeah, among everyone. And then I was also an uh, a expert on Sins of the Amish as well, next to Hope Ann. That way we could walk everybody through the nuances of the cultures.
0: I'm former Mennonite.
2: I don't know if Hope Ann said that, but I'm a former
0: Mennonite as well. Hope and is also a former Mennonite. What about you, Misty?
3: Hi, my name is Misty Griffin. Um, I'm the author of Tears of Silence, and I was the consulting producer on Sins of the Amish. I'm the one that brought the group of survivors together to be on the series.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So,
1: Thank
0: you. what do each of you hope to gain from, you know, after? after the series, like what do each of you want to gain? And what are you doing next? You wanna go first Hope Ben.
1: Well, at A Better Way, we're very focused on education and prevention. That is my favorite part of the work I do. Um, Nothing makes me happier than, for instance, a church reaching out and saying, how can we protect children in our congregation? Or a parent reaching out and saying, hey, what are some good resources to use to educate my kids? Man, that makes my day. I just love doing that type of work. I will um, happily educate anyone and so yeah feel free to reach out if you want more resources or support for education we're also in the process of moving our organization towards becoming a nonprofit so that we can continue our work in a little bit bigger and more coherent manner so that's really important um we're going to soon hopefully be able to crowdsource some funds to hire a lawyer for the um, nonprofit application to make sure we get everything done correctly. And I'm also very enthusiastically supporting Misty's petition, Invisible, but I'm not going to steal her thunder by trying to talk about it at the moment.
0: Thank you, Hope Ann. I, I do want to say that for us at the Misfit Amish, we're focusing on research analysis and hopefully going moving towards getting that published. We, we would really like to see that happen. That's one of the big things that we want to, to have available for people who are educators. We're also continuing to do education sessions for people that want to know more about how to better serve Amish communities. And here's an important thing to consider for many people. They may not realize that Amish and Plain or Amish and Mennonites can be different. The thing is, is they are vastly different. And so you need to seek people that are experts in each of those cultures. And what about you, Jasper?
2: So the question was, what are we doing now? If <laughs>
0: Yes. What are we doing now? And, and what's, what's your future? What's your vision vision I'm here? I have ADHD here. I do. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> so I feel like, like Mary and I were having this discussion. It's very funny to have this like formal setting because the four of us have really worked together a lot on a lot of different projects over the last year or so. Um, but, and I feel like we forged ahead despite filming the, the documentary uh, as best as we could, but I think like for me personally, there were certain things that I put on hold, um, one of which is I did not record any more stories for the podcast for the entire year because I needed to be able to give space for myself to be able to record on this documentary, and it, it was just too much, so that's one thing that I'm looking forward to resuming is uh, sharing more personal stories of survivors that have left. They don't have to be survivors of sexual assault that was never the intent i just wanted to have conversations with people that had left so that we could give a broad perspective of everybody so we i try to be very very unbiased in my approach and just give space for people to come on and share so if you're interested in that and you have a former plain background it doesn't have to just necessarily be amish or mennonite it can be charity it can be anything as long as it was like within the anabaptist culture like please reach out because i am going to be resuming that um last last spring i had also started kicking off um like similar to hopan working on um putting together a scholarship foundation primarily for women that have left the culture um, so i had assembled my board we were moving forward into the space of filing for nonprofit and then i put a halt to that just for recording so i'm picking that back up and then i'm like and then and then and then and then i think that we collectively will all be continuing to create resources much like we had done last year i uh specifically working with some amish women um around the us that have come to us and asked for particular resources so we are kind of getting ready to kickstart that um and specifically working on um trauma um mental health and spiritual abuse. That's one of the the, the yes. three things that they've requested from me personally over the last week. So yeah so that's kind of like what I've got. Um, I don't know what I'm going to start first, but that's kind of the general idea.
0: Thank you. That sounds amazing. And you're right, we are all collectively working on continuing to create resources that are requested from us. So what about you, Misty?
3: Ooh. Um Yeah. Recording the series, it was such a huge, huge job. I mean, it was never dreamed it would be so much work. But now that it's done, you know, that was just the beginning. I mean, that's just the very beginning. Um, Raising awareness is great. But if it doesn't create change, then I mean, what good is it? It's just something to sit and watch. So Right now I'm going to focus on getting the country behind me and signing the petition, hashtag invisible. And, you know, getting people out there, putting their signatures on this petition, you know, talking about it, calling the representatives, saying we support, you know, change. Somebody's got to step in and help these kids. I mean, for those that have seen the documentary Sins of the Amish, the things in there are horrific. I mean, they're from a horror movie. And it's unacceptable that we as a country just sit back and say, oh yeah, and do nothing. I mean, shame on us if that's the reality. So I put together this petition, it's calling for mandatory reporting um, for all teachers in the United States, every single teacher, whether you're licensed, unlicensed, no matter what state you're in, you need to be a mandated reporter because somebody outside of these kids' homes needs to step in and say, hey, I think these kids are being abused and I need to report that and they need to be held accountable to do it. Otherwise they won't do it because a lot of these unlicensed teachers, like in the Amish and the Mennonites, they are under the authority of the church. So unless they're forced to do it, they won't do it. They will never do it. And um, you know, some probably would want to, but unless they can go to their Bishop or their minister and say, Hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to prison. Uh, their bishop is going to say, no, you you can't. So we need to actually give them an excuse to do it, I think. And, um, you know, it people don't like the, the idea of mandated. You have to do it. But a lot of people will welcome that because it'll give them a reason to tell their leadership, their church leadership, their religious leadership. You know, it's not just Christian. Any religious leadership. Yes, this is the law of the land. I have to do this. And you know, if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. So you know, we have to do this. So that's one of the things that the table is calling for. It's also calling for um, Aaron's Law to be mandatory in all schools for every child. Every child should have the right to know, you know, to have sexual abuse prevention education. Every child should know what to do if somebody is making them uncomfortable, touching them the wrong way, trying to get them alone. You know, it's it's. It seems like a crime that we keep this from kids. We just keep it a secret and don't tell them. And we shouldn't have that right to do that because that, that that's their human right to, that should be their human right to know. And we as adults should make sure that they know what to do. We shouldn't just throw them out to the wolves and, and leave it. We shouldn't be allowed to do that. Um, so that's another thing the petition is calling for. And I'm also calling on President Biden to ratify the UN Child of Rights, um, the United States is the only country in the UN that hasn't ratified it, and that's largely because of religious leaders um, protesting it. Um, they they don't want children to have rights because if children have rights, then their church can't dictate you know whatever happens and silence them and hush them and you know there will be people that will come in social services and check on these kids. Um, but right now, as it is. Religious freedom is sort of the law of the land. I mean, that's like the highest ranking. I don't know. Yeah. Precedent that we have once religious freedom gets involved. It's just like, I don't know what to do. You know, on the side of law enforcement, social services and, you know, everybody that should be stepping in to help these kids, they sort of freeze. I mean, not everybody. I mean, there are exceptions, but. Largely, they just sort of freeze and like I don't know we can't trample on their religious freedom and what I want everybody to think about What about the kids rights? I mean do the kids have rights? They're human beings. Why don't they have rights? Human rights should rank the highest in this country in any country You know you as a human you have certain you should have certain rights. You have the right not to be harmed not to be abused not to, you know, not to be enslaved. You should have those rights, but children, children are the only ones that don't and that's not right. So that's what I'm calling for.
0: So we have a commenter that says our children need more mandated reporters. All children need to be seen as small humans and not the parents' property. There is too much abuse towards children. Hashtag child rights matter. Correct. Absolutely. Thank you. And I did want to ask something else. Um, You know, one of the things that people may not understand is that some of these things that while Aaron's law may be passed in many different states, the fact of the matter is, is that Aaron's law doesn't necessarily apply to private schools or parochial schools. Another thing that people may not understand is that inside of many Amish schools, you may have teachers that are minors. And I'm talking like a 15, 16 year old being put in charge of 25 to 30 kids or even more. Another thing that people may not know is that inside of those very same schools, the curriculums are dictated by the church and very heavily moderated as to only specific content that does not allow them. These children don't even have words for their own private body parts in their own language. And lastly, Um, the teachers themselves, they don't have any training. They don't have any training on how to be a teacher, let alone how to be a mandated reporter. Do you have anything to say to that, Missy?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things in the petition. I'm calling that, you know, every teacher should be at least of age, 18 years old. I mean, that should just be a given. uh, Because without that, they're, And I mean, you can't really make them mandated report. You can't make a minor a mandated reporter. So, I mean, every teacher should at least be 18. Um, They should be an adult teaching. children. you shouldn't have children teaching children. That that makes no sense. So they need to be 18. They need to take, um, you know, the online course for mandated reporting. It's about seven hours. You can take it at a public library. So it's not like. We're calling for them to go enroll in college and, you know, take college courses and all of that. It's just a simple training of this is what a mandated reporter does. This is how you do it. And, you know, especially Amish communities, they need to make resources available for the teacher to be able to do this. So by asking for this stuff, it is going to be a big deal. I mean, I'm guessing it'll be at the Supreme Court if we hopefully get that far because people are gonna fight this, but I mean, if we don't do this, if we don't do this now, when are we ever gonna do it? It's never gonna happen. It's never ever gonna happen. And we're just gonna leave these kids in these situations and nobody's ever gonna do about it. We've had documentary after documentary after documentary made, no people coming out of all kinds of different religions. What has anybody done? They've done nothing. They've done absolutely nothing. Nothing significant that you can really point to. and So this made a gigantic difference. Now, look at Warren Jeffs. He was put in prison, yes. But does anybody really think that Warren Jeffs is the only guy in the entire group that was doing those things? I mean, no, they know that. They know better. You know, the government knows better, but they don't step in. They don't check on the kids. They don't question them. You know, the ones that they took out of that that compound, they sent them back. And how many of those children do you think were being abused? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Children should matter. I mean, they, they don't see children forever. They're tomorrow's generation. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really sad.
0: We, we have a question from the audience, but hold on, Jasper's got something.
2: I was just going to say, I think like what we're really asking for here, if you look at it in this perspective, as far as what Misty said, like there's continually, it's the same situation. You can remove it from the Amish and put it into Jehovah Witness or um, extreme Latter-day Saints or, you know, any of this, right? I will say it's like lasagna. It's the same recipe. It always tastes yep. a little different. It's the same stuff. And so by doing a petition like this, maybe somebody has done something that hasn't gotten to the point where Missy is hoping to, to get this in front of the people that need to actually create the change, but we're really looking to be proactive. I think all of us as survivors are very tired of being reactive and having to talk about all of our traumas, talk about our stories, continually hound the same thing what Misty's really doing with this is saying, you know what, we're going to try and be proactive on this and we're going to beat it before it ever becomes an issue. And hopefully by then putting somebody on the res- like on the playground with um, a referee on the playground with a whistle and say, you can't do this anymore. And if so, you're going to get in trouble. Hopefully that will then be able to shift the narrative a little bit.
0: Well, not yeah. a little bit, a lot. A lot. And prevent future generations of children from suffering the way that so many of us have suffered inside of those cults, for lack of a better term. We do have a question for all of us. Has anybody reached out to Erin for help oh, on this oh, oh. Um, Yeah,
3: I have an email going out to her tomorrow, actually. I was just waiting for... The petition to get a few signatures but yeah I have an email going out to her tomorrow and hopefully she will get behind it I mean she was look what she was able to do um, mm-hmm. hopefully she will I will say about Aaron's law it's great but there's a loophole schools uh, in when it's taught in schools parents have the option to, to opt their kids out of it so what I want is to close that loophole. It needs to be for every child in the United States, because if you have a loophole, everybody's going to use it. I mean, they, they just are. What? Why do those kids get this education and these kids don't? Because their parents want to opt them out of it because they think it's, you know, they, they don't research it and see what it actually is. Is They think it's sex ed. It, it's not. It's prevention. It's telling the kids what to do, you know, if this happens to them or they feel like it might happen or anything like that. So yeah, I do have an email going out to
1: her tomorrow. Thank you. you. What I love about the legislation we're trying to get passed is that it's um, consistent. It's getting rid of all these loopholes because it includes even homeschoolers. And as a homeschool parent myself, I was very involved in helping Misty try to think through the things that could pose legitimate obstacles to homeschool parents for getting the mandated teacher training and implementing Aaron's law in their homeschool. And I think it's important to point out that we have tried really, really hard to be extremely reasonable so that this training is accessible for everyone, with very few exceptions.
0: Thank you, Hope Ann. And on that note, um, we're about to wrap things up. So I'd like to ask each of you if you have any parting thoughts of how people can help. Hope Ann?
1: Well, first of all, get behind Misty's petition. You can find it on her website. You can find it on a Better Ways website, which is a abetterway.org. And on our website, you can also sign up for our newsletters. You can follow us on social media. Um, there's a donate button there. If you wish to contribute funds towards our organization's work with resources and um Education and also with becoming a nonprofit, hopefully here in the near future. Thank you.
2: I'm gonna comment really quickly because there's a question about um, the collaboration with the tell somebody about the book. So we actually, in the midst of filming, uh, since the Amish, the four of us worked alongside of several former Amish women and then a few, a few that are still in the church and law enforcement to create resources that are specific for the plain communities. Um, They are designed for children and young adults, and also just individuals that are wanting to report abuse. The reason I say this about the children is because um, we we used an Amish doll that Mary had made and photographed for me, and then I did all the design work on the pamphlet. And then we list out the body parts' names in Pennsylvania Dutch, for a reason, because there's just uh, like, we kind of go into a little bit in the documentary. There's just such a disconnect because of the language barrier on reporting and also not being allowed to know what your body parts are or their functionality of them. So we actually did create this and then brought it to the pretty much, how would you describe this? Mary? Okay.
0: So there's, (laughs) there's a group of Amish men. um, They call themselves the Amish abuse awareness people. And while I certainly do not agree with a lot of what they put out, there are some things that have changed over the last year because what happened is that last year, Jasper and I kind of spearheaded this movement where we started going to some of their meetings and we gathered information and collaborated with, as Jasper said, law enforcement, but we also collaborated with domestic violence advocates and psychologists and child psychologists in order to ensure that hopefully we don't um, give out information that is causing more harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is, the part about this that is so great is that Amish and plain people, we When we learn to speak Pennsylvania Dutch or even just being plain people, it can cause you to speak almost an entirely different English language. Like y'all might understand one thing, but what the person is really telling you, like for example, when you start talking about um, support groups, if I say support groups, the typical person is going to think that support groups are for survivors. That's not necessarily true when you talk about Amish and plain people. Sometimes there are support groups for perpetrators of abuse. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So it's really important and imperative that the way that we write and and make resources for Amish and plain people, that we consider the language barriers and we are respectful to that. The same with like the research that we're working on. It's, It's really, really imperative that we write it in a way that they can understand the information and so, can-
2: Mary and I, so Mary and I, so what we actually, it was filmed, but didn't make it in the doc, unfortunately. Uh, but Mary, Hoseanne and I took these resources in, when was this, September, October? September. In Ohio and brought the, these resources that we had created to the Amish Abuse Awareness Meeting. We're talking, there were like 500 there and then presented them to the men in charge and they were approved. Which is a very big deal because it's really combating the girl of 11 and all the other resources, that, uh, their resources that come along with the girl of 11, because that's not a standalone thing. Um, and so we were able to provide them and they were accepted and approved. And that is a huge shift into getting actual educational resources that are very simplified. I believe we tried to make it what, a third grade level? Yes. So it's very, yes, yes. very simple, it's straightforward, but it's very plain. Um, and so that way it it also comes across to them as that somebody has made it with them in mind. Um, so we have done that. And that's what we're gonna continue doing with more resources this year.
1: And to point out, I would like to point out too that In addition to all the people that Jasper and Mary mentioned, um, our How to Report booklet, which is our biggest project yet and one that I think should be in the hands of every um, plain person and even not plain people. We also additionally consulted with a special education teacher on some of it and a pastor. So there are a lot of people involved when we create these resources so that we can make sure they're actually best practice and accurate. And we've gotten a lot of really good positive feedback from law enforcement who was not even involved in the project. Um, Mary, I believe you said you recently had a um, child advocacy center advocate tell you that she had read the resources and really approved appreciated them. I've heard back from counselors on how impressed they are with them. So this is a really important project.
2: I should also say, I completely forgot to mention this. One of the reasons that we made this is because the continual question from the English world is, how can you help? Maybe you watched the documentary and you were left with, okay, I've got to help these people. And I will say this, it is very important. I want to like put this out there withdrawing your financial support by not buying things is not always the way to go because if you have an abusive household or an abusive environment and you put financial strain on the family as somebody who grew up in an abusive household that was also very poor it adds a whole new element of abuse so i would never ever encourage somebody to necessarily cut off funding families and instead providing these resources that we made so that way when people say oh I drive the Amish how can I help them well you can print these off we've made them available on all of our websites or we have an amazing printing company up in Ohio that you can connect with they give us a discount they're awesome Um, but we made these so that way people in the world could carry them with them and if you have a connection with Amish or Mennonite communities that you have these on hand And they're also being approved by the men is so big because then if people are, if women are caught with these resources, they're not necessarily going to be questioned or punished as much as if it was illegal uh, material tap. So we really encourage people, if you feel like you want to help and you don't know how to help and you're in a plain community, please, please, please reach out to us or go onto our website. Everything is on downloadable resources. You can print them off at home and just kind of carry those with you because those will make a huge difference, much more than putting a financial strain on a Amish or Mennonite family.
0: Thank you, Jasper. Thank you. I really appreciate that insight. What about you, Misty?
3: Well, like Jasmine said, the the resources. I mean that that's a big thing because you know after I wrote my my book about leaving the Amish, the you know I got so many emails from people that drive within the Amish, who are um, neighbors of the Amish, who you know are just in within that area, and they said, "What can we do? What can we do?" And I spent so many years. I don't know. I mean, just try and friend them, try and be their friend. You know, if if you ever need anything, you know, I'm here for you. That's all I could give them. But now, I mean, you can print off these resources like Jasper said and you can hand them to somebody or just have them laying in your car. You know, they can pick them up, you know. Get get that information out there because the reason we are in this mess is because these churches communities religions They are closed off from the outside world. You know as an Amish girl I didn't know the first thing about anything I didn't know about any help that was out there ever. I didn't even know there was help out there at all You know there was you know resources for people at that time But I didn't know about it and I had no idea how to find it or look it up because I didn't know it existed so printing off the resources, carrying them with you, having them in your car, um, you know, going over to the house and maybe handing it to somebody who needs it. You know, that that's, that's huge, that, that's huge. And then of course, signing the petition. You know, if you go to my website, mistygriffin.com or you go to um, anybody else's website here, you will find a button to sign the petition. You know, we need every signature on this petition. We're gonna need at least half the country behind us. I mean, this is so controversial. People, there are some people that are going to come out strong against it and fight it with everything they have. So we need to come out just as strong, stronger, and say, no, children matter. Um, so every single signature counts. You know, we want to get this in front of Congress, and Congress is not going to even look sideways at this unless they're like, oh, half of my state or half of my you know, constituents want this, I better look at this, I better pay attention. That's what it's going to take. I mean, without that, people are going to cover their ears, they're going to wait for the dust to settle after this documentary, and life is going to go about as usual. So sign the petition, call, email, write your representative. I've heard the best thing you can do to get a representative's attention is to call their office. Um, I was reading a, a blog post about a former aide for a a congress, a Congresswoman, and she said the thing that drove them crazy the most was the phone ringing off the hook. So, if you have time, I mean, call their office, say you support the petition, hashtag invisible, you know, rights for children um, and religious communities, say you support this petition, and eventually they're going to say, hey, you know, this representative has to look at this, we've got to stop people calling us. Um, so, that's what I suggest. And
1: hopefully, hopefully it works. The other thing thing I'd like to point out is if you're in areas where there are Amish and Mennonite groups, please reach out to your domestic violence shelters, reach out to your law enforcement, reach out to the prosecutor's office and let them know about the resources that we have available. And that will hopefully start to spread the word so that um, there's more education being given to those who might possibly come in contact with victims.
0: Thank you, Hope Ann. I really appreciate that. I think for me, what I'd like to say too is that, you know, as Many of you know, most of us have funded all of our projects primarily out of our own pockets, although we did a fundraiser to print booklets for the Amish Abuse Awareness Meeting that Hope Ann and I took and we uh, gave them 500 booklets that I know for a fact were disseminated at multiple meetings that they were having. And so that was really great and it felt really good to be able to give back to the community in a way that they can receive the information. The other thing is, is you can always, like again, donate funding to, to support any of our projects. You can also help by supporting and circulating resources that make sense to them rather than attacking them. And as Jasper said, do not remove financial support necessarily, rather give them information and support them. And I want to point out too that I've heard reports of Amish and Plain people going to domestic violence centers and being turned away because they were Amish and Plain. And if you are an advocate listening to this, that is unacceptable. Those are American citizens and they have a right to receive services the same as anybody else. They deserve some human rights today just like the Amish and plain children deserve some human rights so go sign Misty's petition and I hope y'all have a fantastic day